0: Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, the host of this podcast. And after spending my entire career in the sports sales industry, I wanted to continue to find ways to give back to individuals that want to get into this business or individuals that are currently in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. Each week, I'll have the privilege to sit down with top-ranking professionals in our industry. You'll hear their career path, what they look for in successful people, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your every day. Time certainly flies. It's crazy to think it's season four of 52 Weeks of Hustle already. With season four, I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path. We're going to discuss three key topics that are current in the industry and three hustle hot seat questions. And three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now, on to our guests this week. Gaining experience early on in your life, in your career is always beneficial for the long term. Our next guest started gaining real life experience very early on, is able to turn that into a very successful career. I'm excited to have Matt Norby, managing director of communications at NASCAR.
1: Matt, welcome to the show. Travis. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it.
0: Very excited. Always uh, excited to catch up. I'm sure we'll talk Minnesota Vikings football at some point and and certainly dive into your career. You know, Going to Minnesota, you're born in Minnesota. You moved to Iowa at a young age. You end up going to Iowa State. While there, you played on the baseball team. What were some key learnings from playing collegiate baseball that you still apply to your day-to-day?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. You know, I think I think from an athletic perspective, you know, I was lucky to be able to play to play baseball at Iowa State. And, you know, whether it's Iowa State or, or USC, you know, certainly there are different levels of, uh, you know, of schools and athletics but, um, you know, with all of them, there's that teamwork function, there's that attention to detail and, 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 you know, sort of working for that job you want. So for me, I wasn't, I certainly wasn't the best baseball player um, on the team, not even, not even close, but something that, that I took away from that, that I still apply is I was always trying to get better every day, working for the job that I wanted, working for the starting role in left field, center field, um, whatever that case may be. But I also talked about, I mentioned the, the attention to detail and the teamwork if if our team is not gelling, if we're not if we're not working together um, in a sport like baseball, you're not succeeding. You're not winning games. It's the same. Uh, it's the same in, in the environment. You know, working in, in sports business, you, you have to have a good team with you, um, a, a smart team, folks that are that are great to work with and are all willing to to row the boat in the same direction. And if you don't have that, you're not going to make progress. You're not going to get better. Um, you're you're not going to you're not going to advance. You know, the ball down the field and, and score the goals. For for example um but you know and then the last one attention to detail you know in a sport like baseball it's such minute differences you know that between an out or a home run you know um fractions as you know um because we work together at the pirates and so you have to have the attention to detail whether it's your swing plane or you know how how you're approaching the ball your step your load anything like that it has to be all time perfect perfectly and so you know that aspect of sort of coming over to, to, to work in the professional world in sports, that attention to deep detail is, is super important as well. Um, you know, you have to, you have to make sure that you, you are well organized and you're paying attention to all those details. Otherwise, again, things are going to slip.
0: Yep. Absolutely. And, and you certainly added attention to detail your entire career in which we'll get into it, but you at Iowa state, you received your degree in marketing and, and kind of that throughout your collegiate experience, what did you want to do? Or what did you think you were going to do career wise?
1: Yeah. So, so baseball always been my sport. Um, you know, it was my sport growing up. I played for as long as I could. And then when I, when I was, when I knew I was gonna be done playing, I just wanted to continue to be involved in baseball. And so my job, my, my dream at the time was working in baseball operations for a major league club, um, or in major league baseball in, in some degree. But that is certainly, I know we're going to get into it, but that certainly is not where I ended up. Yep.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's so funny, right? M- most people that work in the sports field grew up being in, you know, the GM or or you know, something like that of a team and most people don't. You know, they do That's something right. they do something different. Your first role was right there kind of in home with the Iowa Cubs in minor league baseball where you spent over 4 years and you're the manager of public relations. Thinking back to that time, what's one piece of advice you'd give all listeners of what
1: you wish you would have known back then that you know now? So I look back fondly on my time in major or minor league baseball, I should say the, the Iowa Cubs, you know, just getting an opportunity to work in baseball again, you know, that was what I wanted to do. Of course, I wanted to do it in major, in the major league level at the major league level. Um, but I got the opportunity to, to start in minor league sports and um, it was a grind. You know, you, 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 don't make a ton of money. You're fresh out of college. You're long, long days. You're working all the home games Um. And you're like, man, this is, this is rough, you know, you know, and it's not, it's, they're just long days. It's, it's a grind. And so, um, you know, back then I, I, I remember just getting fed up and thinking, man, I, I don't know if this is for me, like these, I just don't have time to do anything else. You know, I'm, I'm waking up early and I'm getting home at 11 o'clock at night, 1130 at night. Um, yep. I've come to appreciate that work, you know, yep. being able to put that in and, Getting the experience, you know, learning how different departments—though it's minor league baseball—and very different from, you know, how departments ran in major league baseball and, you know, at the league level. Just understanding and learning how all how, how all of them work, getting experience in all of them, and and knowing that hey, I put in my time, um, and it and it led me to where I am today. I I really appreciate it. I wish I wish I would have had more appreciation for it then, yeah, uh, as I do now, because it certainly led to where I'm at.
0: Well, it's funny, right? You know, and and I've had several people on 52 Weeks Also that talk about their minor league baseball experience. And, you know, Matt, much of that minor league baseball experience is wearing those different hats. And when you're in the, at the time, you're like, I don't want to be the mascot. I don't want to pull tarp. And so what was it like for for you knowing that you may be selling tickets or sponsorship one day, helping with a community event, pulling tarp, and then being a mascot on the next?
1: Yeah, it, it was all, it's exactly right. It was all those things. And people who worked in minor league sports know what that's like. Um, and again, you know, that's that's just part of that part of that job. And, and to me, I felt like doing those things and, and, you know, having to go out there and put on put on the cubby bear costume, you know, but then go in and sell tickets, um, work with customers. And then to your point, sell a sponsorship. I mean, you literally might have done all those things in one day. Pull the tarp. And <laughs> yeah. that, and that, that happened as well. Uh, again, I think there's just that appreciation for, you know, having done that. Um, you appreciate more and more as you continue to grow in your career, you know, sort of where you came from and what you did to start and, and sort of how it helped get you to where, where you are today. Because there's, there's certainly that work ethic that you need to be able to, to work through that and then um, continue your career. So, uh, again, I, I appreciate that time much more now than I used to, for sure.
0: You know, from there, you get you get the the call up, you know, or the, the call to the bullpen and you, you join the Pittsburgh Pirates. Where obviously, we work together. You're, you're the manager of business communications. Why was making that transition to professional sports the right move for you at that time?
1: Yeah. So, like I said, working in Major League Baseball, that was my dream, um, you know, and at the beginning it was working in baseball operations. But but those sort of aspirations evolved for me. Um, I, I met my, my future wife, we were engaged to be married at that time. And, and, you know, I felt like pursuing the business side of baseball, um, that was going to allow me to have a little bit, a little bit more ability to, to sort of move into other areas. Um, maybe it's a different sport or maybe down the, down the line and be a different industry altogether. I just felt like that gave me a little bit more, um, flexibility and leeway to be able to make those transitions. Um, and again, you know, I, I I grew to really enjoy what I what I what I got hired on at the Iowa Cubs to do full time, which was media and public relations, um, which sort of combined marketing and and the media relations element, obviously the PR element, <clears throat> all into one. And, and so my job at the Pirates was was a lot of that, you know, it, obviously more specialized and and um, working on some different parts of of that side of the business. But I really grew to enjoy that, and so. That was sort of um, what I was pursuing when I when I went to the major league level and lucky enough to to get hired and fortunate enough to get hired at the Pirates and thoroughly enjoyed my time there. Um, a lot of great people there, but that was at the time that was my dream. And so that, you know, being engaged, not having kids, not having a family at the time allowed us to have that flexibility and, and we pursued it. And, and I'm so glad I did um, still have great friends there. And of course, you and I are yep. chatting today. So um, absolutely was was a great move for me.
0: No, that's awesome. And, you know, Matt, for you, you spend you know just over four years at the Pirates and then you transition to NASCAR where you have been now been for over 12 years. What was intriguing, you know, you, you mentioned early on in this podcast, you've always been a baseball, baseball and you, you're fortunate to get to play in college, get an internship, get a full-time job, then move to the Major League Baseball, now into NASCAR. You know, mm-hmm. so as you think about that and you're relocating now your family to Charlotte, North Carolina and into a new sport, what was intriguing about that
1: the you know what was intriguing for me um there, there there's a couple of different things here you know for me we loved the idea of charlotte north carolina um great city um you know my wife and i were, were really keen on on the thought of that but i think from a professional perspective i love baseball i am you know i loved working in it i was a huge fan but I also had aspirations to continue to grow my career and in working in sports, there are several ways to do that. You know Um, for me, I felt like NASCAR was a brand new challenge. that was never in my mind um, as a sport that I could see myself working in at the time. Um, But it was, it was intriguing, brand new challenge, very interesting. And when I, when I, the opportunity came to me as, as a potential, you know, job, when I was going through that process, just the people that I met here, um, just how welcoming and just dynamic people that work in this industry uh, it, at NASCAR, and it continues to be the case today, 12 years later, um, that was, it just drew me in. And, and the idea of a new challenge, being able to be a fan of baseball still, um, you know, have my friends and that network in, in the baseball world still be there, but then also start something new and have that ability to, to really grow my career um, with some more opportunity at a larger league like NASCAR was was really appealing to me. And sort of, you put all those puzzle pieces together and it was, you know, I felt in my gut, it was a no-brainer.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, certainly has turned into to somewhat of a no-brainer. You've been there over 12 years now and, and continue to build your career. And in your current role, you, you lead strategic communications direction across all commercial aspects of, of NASCAR. And I know the easiest answer is it's never the same, but walk the listeners through kind of a high level uh, view of your day.
1: Yeah, it's 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 never the same. You're right. Um, and, and I think from a commercial or business communications perspective, the role I'm in now, you know, I am very fortunate to work with a lot of tremendous people um, in the company and in the industry. And, you know, from a partner perspective, um, you know, whether it's our NASCAR partners, whether it's our broadcast partners. Our internal groups, like our digital our digital folks, you know, work with them regularly. Our broadcast team, our internal broadcast team, uh, our marketing teams, um, just a couple for for example. But again, like I said, great people in all of them and smart people pushing this sport forward, continuing to grow the sport. And it's, it's just really a privilege to be able to work closely with all of them um, and be a part of that. And do something different every day. I mean, I could I could literally be working on, you know, a tune-in initiative and also a project that's helping, that's working with a partner to promote a, a an activation they might have going on at the racetrack or in and around the sport itself or with a driver. Um, and and then, you know, helping to pitch a very cool story on one, one of our business units, something that they're working on to the media to help tell the story of how we're trying to grow this sport and grow our fan base. So it, it just runs the gamut. It's It's not sitting down and running through the same numbers every day or anything like that. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I I love the chance to be able to work on a bunch of different initiatives in, in some different spaces within the walls of NASCAR.
2: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data
0: Again, we're here on Fifty Two Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Matt Norby, Managing Director of Communications at NASCAR. And Matt, let's get into three hot topics. And you know, starting with question one, within NASCAR, you're constantly communicating with your partners and and really your team all across the country. And you know, we we talked about every week. There's you know, there's a, a race in some new state that you know you or or some of your team are traveling to. For the listeners out there, that there's just constant movement, and certainly constant movement in the sports business. What's your advice to be an efficient, effective on a consistent basis?
1: Yeah, there there are a lot of moving parts, um, which is the case in any any industry, any business. In sports, in particular, you know, with in NASCAR, when we're going to your point from state to state, different track to different track, um, a lot of different uh, people in the sport internally and externally involved in those events on a weekly basis. So it's imperative to me to, to really, with anything you're working on, gain consensus with the folks you're working most closely with on a particular initiative. You know, if, if you can have those conversations with, with people and, and everybody is sort of, uh, I use it, it earlier, but rowing in the same direction, everybody feels like that's the right way to go it's so much it's so much easier and so much more efficient to be able to push something forward when you've gained that consensus with your colleagues um, you know and, and the people you're working with so i think that's extremely important um, you know one piece of advice that i got that i still have i still use to this day is measure twice cut once it's making Love sure it. that wh- whatever you're doing you know you've got it you've got to make sure you got it right and then push it forward right so you know that is something that's lived with me for years um, and then the other thing is it's to me, it's really important to provide updates even if you don't have an update to give, even if it's hey, you know, just wanted to follow up, still working on this. I don't have anything quite yet, but I should have something soon. And maybe it's me I, I love to I love to be able to know that the people I'm working with, hey, like that's still on the radar. we're still working towards a particular goal. we might not have it yet. we might not have the next step yet, but it's still on the radar. we're still pushing it forward and so I try to do that myself. And of course, I I miss every once in a while, like all of us, we're very busy. Um, You don't hit them all. But if I can try to do those three things and move those three things in the right direction, I think think we're on on the right path.
0: You know, and a little bit of that on to question, two. you just talked about the value of communication. And when people think of communications, there are a variety of paths someone can take. You know, one one of my majors in college is communications, and I, I certainly have a similar path, but much different, you know, from a vertical. What's your advice on someone that truly wants to get into the communications field and maybe one day take your job as the managing director of communications?
1: So I don't know that this is specific to communications and you you probably attest to it too, Travis, um, just given your career and where you've, you've come from, but networking, you know, just, just finding the people to talk to, having conversations, asking for advice. How do I get into communications? I'm working on messaging around this. Do you have any advice on, you know, which way to go or how I should handle this? Um, You know, and that's that's something that I did coming out of coming out of college and just wanting to get in baseball. For me, it wasn't necessarily this particular area of sports. It was, Hey, how do I get into baseball? Uh You know, I live in the middle of Iowa. There are no professional major league baseball teams very close. So what do I need to do? Um, so if it's communications or sales or baseball or football, finding folks that you can get in front of and ask for advice and create a rapport with, uh, to me, that's, that's so important in, in order to get yourself, um, you know, recognized, visible, and sort of get your foot in the door.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and finally, Matt, question three, as we discussed in your career, you've made moves, and and certainly your know, moves with a family, uh, and some of those are, are risk at times, right? Risk, whether it be personally or professionally. What's your advice on the listeners out there of just being willing to take a risk, whether that be with a move or just in general on their day-to-day?
1: Trust your gut. Trust your gut. It's almost always right, if not always right. Um, You know, there are a lot of factors that go into that. And certainly there's that there's that fear of the unknown, you know, like, oh, I'm taking a risk. What if this goes poorly? But if you really sit back, not let your mind take over um, and overanalyze and just trust your gut on where you think you should be, that's where you should be.
0: Love it. Matt, great career, certainly exciting journey. As you think back, what's been your best memory?
1: Good question. Um, I, there, there are a lot for sure. And, and certainly some really great ones with baseball. Um, but I've been in NASCAR for 12 years, which has been the majority of my career. And I think, you know, I think there's a couple, if I can go that route, they're, they're sort of similar, yep. but they're the same. Um, I was fortunate enough, you know, in my role in communications working with the media, um handling different media tours and promoting the sport through those those channels. I've been fortunate enough to go on on media tours with with some drivers and and you know, two in particular stand out. And and one was going to Los Angeles to do a media tour with with Dale Jr. and another was going to to ESPN to do one with Jimmy Johnson. And and they stand out, you know, obviously those are two of the biggest sports, they're stars in the sport's history. Yep. But they are, I think more importantly, why they stand out to me is two outstanding human beings. Um, just really great, great guys. And, um, being able to spend that time, learn from them. I mean, two champions, right. Um, right. And, and two, two really well-known well-known race car drivers. Very, so, yep. Just to to get some advice and to learn from them, but, but vice versa. I mean, they were very interested in me, you know, genuinely asking me questions about, you know, where my interests lie, what I was doing. And so, um, just being able to spend the time with two really good guys was, was th- those two things stand out to me for sure.
0: Awesome, Matt, ton of great advice. Certainly fun to hear about the journey. And now to finish it off, I like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? All right, let's do it. If you
1: had a boat, what would you name it? Kirby. Can I tell do you, do you know why? Yeah, no, <laughs> give, give me the why. So Kirby Puckett, I grew up a twins fan. He was my, he was my hero. I wore 34 my whole life because of Kirby Puckett um, for what, you know, just, he was an outfielder, center fielder, what he did on the field. That was my childhood baseball hero. So Kirby, Kirby, I, I for love Kirby it. Puckett. What's a fashion trend that you would love to see come back? Even in sports. How about the starter jackets? Can I go? Can I, I, I it? love it.
0: I love it. <laughs> I I, I always say jacket. like, Man, I wish, you know, eventually with fashion trends, I feel like if you just keep on your stuff,
1: eventually it's going to come back. And right? those were those were awesome. I love the starter jackets. I, I had, I think, two or three when I was a kid. I loved them. Yeah, absolutely. If you could go to dinner
0: with anyone, you know, alive or passed away, who would it be?
1: Yeah. And mm, I, I'm going to keep it in sports here as well. I mean, that's, that's what we're, we're talking today. Sort of my head is at. So Peyton Manning, I think, um, a champion leader, successful businessman. I I would just love to pick his brand. I mean, he's this characteristics that he carried throughout his career, um, and still carries today. I mean, he's marketable. He's funny. Um, I want to try to get
0: on the Manning cast one Monday night. Yeah, there you go. Right. That That would be
1: awesome. That would be awesome. And those, I mean, Eli's great too, right? Like just those two guys together is yeah. awesome. But he'd be—I I think he'd be super interesting to pick his brain.
0: No, I love it, Matt. To close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in
1: your shoes one day? Um, so, uh, these are these are three that I talk about a lot. But but networking as much as you can, like we talked about, um, asking for advice on how to get in the field you want to get into. Um, be willing to do whatever it takes. You're not always going to get that job that you want right out of the gate. I know that from experience. Um, to your point in our earlier conversation, I worked in, in minor league baseball for several years before getting to, to major league baseball. And then beyond that, here I'm at NASCAR, which, which went beyond where, where my, I felt my dream would have been. Right. So be willing to do whatever it takes. Um, you get your foot in the door and, and you're already, a, you're already a step ahead. And then, the third one to me would be work for the job you want, not the job you have. You have. Yep. Love Which it. I'm, I'm sure you probably hear a lot, but it's, yeah. it's, it's the truth. Great advice. No,
0: great advice, Mac. Thank you so much. Such a great career. Always a pleasure talking to you. and I certainly appreciate your time and expertise. Travis,
1: really appreciate it. Great catching up, my friend.
0: Always great. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week
3: everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in